time it was this. There is going to be offspring that you are going to have, right? That was one promise. You are going to have children so that you are the father of a great nation. I'm going to make you a great nation. That is one of the, the promises that he received. Another promise is that I am going to bless you, Abraham. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make sure that you have my blessing on your life. Then another blessing was that through the way I bless you, I am going to bless all the nations of the earth. So do you see the gist of the promise? Now again, what we got to look at here is who is the recipient of this promise? Because we think to ourselves that it's just anybody that is a Jew that is a recipient of this promise. We think that just because Israel was the land to where they went in the Old Testament and it was the place where the temple was built, the people of God, we think that that's what it means to stand by Israel, that that's who Israel is. But I want you to remember, look, look where I change here, look at Genesis chapter 12, verse uh, 7, one more time before we turn. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, Jews in Israel have no 
why they're fighting? Because both of them believe they have a divine claim to that land. I say to you tonight, biblically, that neither one of those groups of people, as far as Arabs or Jews are concerned, have any divine right to that land. As a matter of fact, the ones who are the physical seed of Abraham, not the sons of faith, not the spiritual ones, not the people in Christ, but the people that physically are descended from Abraham, they forfeited the right to that land in any way whatsoever. But let me keep reading before I get ahead of myself. So, look at verse 17 in Galatians chapter 3. This is what I mean. The law which came 430 years after the promise does not annul a covenant that was previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it is no longer, it no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. So why then do we have the law? Well, it was added because of transgression. In other words, it was added to show the seed of Abraham and to show all the people that this is where you are falling short of keeping the covenant. Christ is the only one that has ever been the seed of Abraham that actually fulfilled the covenant. Every other Jewish descent, they, they, they lost the right to any claim on that land. Keep going with me in verse, uh, verse 19. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. Who was the offspring that came that the promise was made to? Jesus. Jesus is the offspring of Abraham that the promise was made to. He's the reason why God blessed Abraham according to Abraham's faith. He's the reason why God blesses the whole nations, all the nations of the earth, through the faith of Abraham. It is because of Jesus. Jesus is the only one that has fulfilled the law of God, every jot and every tittle, as he says. And he is the only one that has a divine right to claim the promise of God. It all belongs to him and him alone. Now keep going with me. Verse 20, now an intermediary now an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. So is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture has imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now before faith came, we were all held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came. In other words, the law was what keeps evil from just growing so rampant that this place turns into literal hell on 
Now here Paul is saying that it don't matter if you're Jew or Greek, everybody sinned. There's none good, no, not one. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the only way you're going to get the promises of God is by being in Jesus Christ. So the first question that comes up, look with me in Romans chapter 9, verse 1. He says, I am speaking the truth in Christ and I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. So Paul's hurting, right? He's struggling. And he reads with me. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. You hear what Paul just said? Paul said, I would rather be cursed, I would almost rather be cursed and go to hell myself than to bear this anguish of knowing that my brothers, my kinsmen, who's he talking about? Jews, right? So what does he say next in verse 4? They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, comes the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. So here's the problem that Paul has. Please stay with me because this is so important. Paul looks at the promises of God, and the only people that get them are the people in Jesus. It don't matter whether you are a Jew or whether you're a Gentile. The only way you get the promises of God is by being in Him, because He is the one that the promise was made to. You see what I'm saying? So, Paul looks at it and he says, My goodness, all of my people, the Jews, the people of God, what are they going to do? Because God, in his mind and in people's minds, God made those promises to Israel. Now look what Paul says next in verse 6. But it's not as though the word of God has failed. In other words, even though Jews in the flesh, that doesn't earn them the promises of God. They don't have no divine claim over that land. They don't have no divine claim over the promises of God just because they're a Jew. And so he says here, the word of God has not failed, as some might think, because they would have thought the Jews are the one that should have received the promises of God. So here's the problem, and Paul wants to address this. The word of God has not failed. God made a promise to Abraham, and the offspring of Abraham is going to get that promise. So he's going to explain to you why, even though Jews don't get the adoption and all these other things, he's going to explain to you that the Word of God has not failed. Then look what he says next in verse 6. Here's why the Word of Here's his answer for why the Word of God has not failed. Answer number one. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. You hear what he just said? In other words, just because you may be um, Abraham Jr. in the flesh, that don't make you Israel. It doesn't mean just because people have always called you Israel because you were a Jew, that don't mean that you are actually Israel. So that's the first answer. Not all of so-called ethnic Israel is actual sons of Abraham. See that? All right, now keep reading with me. And not all, here he's going to say it another way, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring, but 
Bible with me to um, Romans chapter 11, because this is what Romans 9 through 11 is about. Paul has to answer the question of why the Word of God has not failed, even though Jewish people are not being blessed according to the promise of God. Now, that don't mean that every Jew is not. There's always been some Jews, all right? But as a majority, the nation of Israel, the ethnic group, has rejected the promise of God. You understand what I'm saying? So you have a few that were like the Apostle Paul, but for the most part of a majority, the nation of Israel has rejected their Savior. They have rejected their Messiah. And so here's Paul's second answer as to why the Word of God has not failed. Romans chapter 11, verses 1 through 8. I ask then, has God rejected his people? Remember, who's his people? See, don't mean, don't mean that you're just a, just because you were ethnically a Jew, all right? Has God rejected his people? What's Paul's answer? No. No, Paul's not rejecting his people. You know why Paul can say that? Because he himself is an Israelite. So in other words, the promise is available for Israelites to believe it too. The promise is available for any ethnic Jew to be in the lineage of Abraham, spiritually. Paul is a living proof of that. It's not like Paul looked at the whole of the Jewish nation and said, I'm done with all of you and none of you are going to be saved. Paul didn't do that. Paul says God ain't rejected his people. He's still calling Jewish people.
Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking? Yep, they did. The elect obtained it. Who are the elect? The ones that God foreknew. The ones that were chosen by grace. The elect obtained the promise of God. The Jews failed to obtain it. Notice what he says next. But the rest were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see, ears that would not hear, down to this very day. Not only that, but David said, let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution to them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and bend their backs forever. So here's what he's saying. There's always been a remnant chosen by grace. But as far as a majority of the nation of Israel, they have failed to obtain the promise of God. They are not recipients of the promise of God. Why? Because they have rejected the promise of grace in Jesus Christ. And because of that, as far as the nation of Israel is concerned as a whole, as a majority, they are hardened hearts toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Their eyes are blinded toward the, Jesus, toward the Lord Jesus Christ. That's difficult for us to understand. That's difficult for us to accept. But I'm not trying to explain to you why God does what He does today. I'm just simply trying to teach you what the Bible says God does. You understand that, right? It's not our job to look at the Word of God and say, Well, God, I don't agree with you doing this. It don't matter if you agree with God or not. Your job is to come to the Word of God and listen to who God tells you He is and what God tells you He does. And your job is to say, Praise you for who you are. You are perfect in all your ways. Even if I don't understand it. Because as the are so much higher than mine. Your thoughts are so much higher than mine. All I can do is look and say, your way is perfect and your way is right. Now, keep going with me. Skip over with me to verse uh, 11, chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. Notice what he says here. He says, lest you be wise in your own sight. Here he's talking about Gentiles. And we're going to go back to this here in a minute. Just so you understand where we're at. He's been talking about how the Jewish people, the, the ethnic Israel, has been broken off of the branch of Abraham and the promises of Abraham because of their unbelief, all right? And you, he likens to a wild olive shoot that basically has been grafted into the tree. You don't belong in it. You weren't a part of that type of tree. You were a wild olive shoot. But yet, of Abraham. And now he wants to make sure that people like you and me, we don't be wise in our own sight. We're not prideful because look what he says. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Think about that. blessing 
what he's talking about. The body of Jesus Christ. And in this way, God is going to save all Israel. That's the reason why the word of God has not failed. He's going to keep his promise to Abraham. The thing you need to understand is that God never made a promise that just because Abraham had blessed his children that every blessed
gospel branches be grafted back into their own olive tree. So again, the point that I'm making is that our support of Israel to be blessed by God is not that group of people over in the Middle East. It's not standing by that land over there. That land belongs to Jesus. And until Jesus sent his team back there, I don't know why he sent his team back there. The truth of the matter is that probably not much of a reason. There's going to continue to be this, this warfare and this battle that is going on. Do you know how long the Jews have been trying to come back to their land? And I know we talk about 1948 and the being established as a nation. You need to understand still that they still do not have sovereign rule over that land, right? Yes, Jews got to come back to that land, but it's the same way it was in Persia. Whenever Persia let them go back and build the temple, and Persia let them go back and have their revival and reestablish their sacrifices and everything else, but were they a free people in the kingdom of God? No, they were still under Persian rule. And then they were under Roman rule and Greek rule. And even today, in many ways, they're still under Arab rule. In many ways. So our best support of Israel. Here, here's another thing. Look with me in Hebrews chapter 7. Old complacent homers that we're coming back to. I just want to show you a few things. Or actually, go to Deuteronomy 28 and verse 30. promises of God. They have no divine right to just claim, right? And I want to prove it to you. I'm not going to read all of it. You can go home and read all of it. I'm just going to read the verses that are important, right? Deuteronomy chapter 28, and we're going to start in verse 1. of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field, and we could go on and on and on, but now skip down with me to verse 15 in the same chapter. But of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all His commandments and His statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed you shall be in the city, cursed you shall be in the field, cursed shall be your basket and your kneading, your kneading bowl, and so on and so on. So let me ask you a question. In order to remain the recipients of that promise in, in this old covenant, what did these people have to do? And if they didn't obey, all right, now keep going with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28, same chapter. Go down with me to verse 63. And as the Lord took delight in doing you good and multiplying you, so the Lord will take delight in bringing ruin upon you and destroying you. And you shall be plunged.
Isaiah is so bold to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me, and I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. So in other words, here's the best course of action for Israel, is for us to understand that there has always been a remnant of Israel that is true Israel. And our best course of action is to keep preaching the gospel. How beautiful are the feet that are sent. Keep sending the gospel. Keep preaching the gospel. Because the only way faith comes, and it'll come to anybody who believes, because the only way faith comes is by hearing. Hearing the word of God. So let's go over Romans 11. Let's read the end of this again, starting in verse 25. the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel is going to be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion, and he will banish ungodliness from Jacob, and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Now, as regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. In other words, as regards the gospel, they're hardened, they're blinded, they don't want it, and as a result of that, it gets out to the world instead of being soaked in like it was in the Old Testament. You see what I'm saying? The Old Testament Jews, they said, we're the haves and you're the have-nots. Now they are enemies of the gospel, if you will, and proponents of the gospel, so that the gospel goes out to the Gentiles. Now keep reading. And then it says next, but as regards election, or the ones that God chooses, the ones that he foreknew, the ones that he chose by grace as regards election, they're beloved. In other words, there are Jews out there today that are beloved by God. They've been chosen by God. They're his remnant. And they're beloved for the sake of their forefathers because they do belong physically to Abraham. Verse 29, for the gift and the calling of God are irrevocable. And then keep looking at verse 30. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, going back, back to when you were Gentiles and didn't care about the things of God and rejected God. Y'all remember any of the days in your life? For just as one time you were disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, because the gospel came to you, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they may also now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. Before I read this last part, just think about this for a minute. We're going to see why Paul ends this the way that he does. So here's what he's saying. Because the Jews are rejecting the gospel, you get the mercy. You get to receive mercy. And when you read the rest of Romans 9 through 11, he says what God is doing God's trying to make the Jews jealous. He's trying to make it so that when they see you turning to God and actually following the Lord Jesus Christ, they look and they see something in you that they don't even see in themselves. And so the hope is that as all of this is going on, God is finding ways to call in the ones that are his elect, the ones that are chosen. And now look at the way Paul ends this in verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things, so to him be the glory forever and ever. Paul just lays out God's plan and how he has saved Israel and who true Israel is and what true Israel looks like. And then he says here, the wisdom of God will be revealed. I can't
Saul e 